finally have some conference games to examine, take a look at, recap. It's the unlike any other the UMAC podcast. Ryan Mitchell, Wyatt Morell alongside him on a kind of dreary night tonight. Up here in Crookston anyways, Ryan. I don't know what it's like down there in the cities, but yet again, another blizzard up here. Thank goodness uh, UMAC teams aren't coming to Crookston to play baseball anytime soon because <laughs> they wouldn't be getting games in. I know that's already been a struggle, but anyways... How are we doing tonight, and is there anything right off the top that you want to get into right away? Give me one thing in your introduction that surprised you the most from these past couple of games here over the weekend. Wow, lots to unpack there. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, people around the office today were saying it is dreary, but we're lucky here in the Twin Cities we're not going to get the absolute dump that you're getting up north as far as snow goes. We're going to get more rain, it looks like. Not that this is a weather report, because this will change probably by the time People are listening, and they don't really care about that. But, yeah, busy week, very, very important week. And, uh, yeah, Wyatt, when we look at last weekend, you said you want one thing for me that sticks out the most when I just look at totality, what happened? Just, yeah, whether it's something that surprised you, something that impressed you, what what was it that stood out to you? Yeah, that's a great question. I would say home field matters. I guess a little mm-hmm. bit, just looking at totality of the results, and we'll get more into it, and maybe that's a coincidence more than anything, but the teams who were home or at least semi-home, because that was really complicated. I mean, we got to give a shout-out, Wyatt. Last week we talked a lot about Mostyn or Mostyn. I don't know yeah, if I'm pronouncing that correctly. I, I still don't know how to pronounce it either, so we'll just go with that place over there in Wisconsin. How's that sound? Yeah, that sounds good. And we need to give a shout-out, though, Wyatt. Where would the UMAC be without the Woodside Sports Complex? Because Northland's playing there. Superior's playing there to get games in. I mean, anyone who can get over there, apparently that's the place to go, at least for early this season. When other fields aren't ready, go to Mostyn, Wisconsin, and uh, the Woodside Sports Complex has been hooking up the UMAC. So this isn't a promotion for them necessarily, but I'm doing it anyway. Shout-out to the Woodside Sports Complex because – Think of where we'd be, Wyatt. It's already not ideal, but think of where we would be without them providing their complex for UMAC baseball. Yeah, and I'd be curious, I guess. We probably can't get this information for right now, but uh, did they come up with an agreement with that complex specifically? The conference is yeah. just the two Wisconsin teams specifically. It's uh, it's unique because, like we said, I mean, it's down near Wisconsin Dells. It's a long ways over there. So why there specifically? I'm still curious. But you're right. They're able to get yeah. games in, so there's no reason to complain. We should just be happy that they're actually able to get some games in. Yeah, I don't know where we want to go first as far as uh, it goes with last weekend because we talked about the four chunks, and we're going to do the same thing tonight, Why when we look ahead to next weekend. We don't know if all the games are going to be played in that weekend, but we knew looking ahead, okay, hopefully there's four series to be played. Three of them had games happen. Unfortunately, Crown and Martin Luther weren't able to lace them up, and I think they were even trying to play over here in you know the neck of the woods that I'm at quite often here on the Northwestern campus. I think Crown was going to try to host Martin Luther for a game at Reynolds Field on Monday, and that didn't happen. I mean, Northwestern was going to play the third game of their series against Superior here as the road team, but playing on their home field and a very complicated situation. But teams are looking to play wherever they can play. And, you know, we're going to look at it glass half full, at least I am, Wyatt, that we were able to get in at least some games for three of the four series that were supposed to be played with two of them taking place in Boston, Wisconsin, as we just shouted out at the Woodside Sports Complex. And then the other one, at a very nice turf facility as well that we should shout out in Mankato with Bethany taking on the Cougars at the site of this year's UMAC tournament to come at ISG Field. So do you have a preference, wide? unless you want to get to anything else before we officially dive in, at what series we should start with from last weekend? I'll kind of get to my points as we go along, so I don't have anything to add to that right away. How about we start with Northland and North Central, though? And just the performance from the Lumberjacks, because I think they deserve a shout out winning three straight, getting a sweep because correct me if I'm wrong, but we each said we thought North Central was going to get at least one in this series. Correct. And and obviously they didn't. So Northland comes out and gets the sweep. 
Congratulations to them. A couple of 10 or a 10 run victory to go along with a seven run and a five run victory. They get all of these games in and they're about 500 in conference play. They've always been an interesting team. They compete with some of the top teams from time to time in this conference. I don't know if this is something that will last, but they've won five straight games with that sweep now. So they got something cooking right now and they deserve a shout out for that. As far as the other side of things with North Central, I think this kind of shows Ryan I think their only other chance to get a win in conference play this year is going to be Martin Luther. Is that crazy to say, or do you think that's fair based on what we saw this weekend from that series? I just don't think North Central is going to be able to beat one of the middle of the pack or top of the pack teams this year. Yeah, I wouldn't say that that is off base by any means. And, you know, I look at who are they going to have enough pitching against just to stay in a game? And maybe that is somebody like a Martin Luther, and there can be one-offs every now and again. But you need at least some pitching wide to be able to sustain to win some games in this league. And, yeah, shout-out to Northland. I mean, now I'm interested to see against some of the teams in the upper echelon, you know, maybe more likely than not, why we're not going to see multiple games against, you know, a Superior or a Bethany or a Crown or a Northwestern where they're going to put up 10-plus runs and they're going to win a slugfest. But can they put up six seven, eight, and just say, hey, we don't need rock star pitching to be able to get something done. Do they have a balanced enough offense that we're going to see throughout this whole season? I don't know. We'll uh, have to wait and see on that. But, yeah, they don't have to apologize for a sweep. They shouldn't. That's big time from them. And it's not on their home campus, but I guess the state of Wisconsin is nice to them. And you, a number of times, Wyatt, have kind of said uh, it's not the – most ideal place to play baseball, if we want to put it that way, at Lumberjack Field. So maybe they prefer Moston, Wisconsin, over their home complex. I don't know. But uh, we'll wait and see how many games they play as a home game that's not a home game, if that makes sense, the rest of yeah. the season. Yeah, no, I hear you. They're scheduled to go at Martin Luther this upcoming weekend, which we'll get into, and their game for Friday's already been postponed. So I don't know if that means they're not going to play Saturday either. Maybe the extra day will help. Just have to wait and see. I know temperatures are going to start to come up a little bit, so that should help. But obviously, there's a lot of other logistical things to get a lot of these fields in this conference ready to go. So have to wait and see on that. But that'd be another great opportunity for Northland uh, against Martin Luther, another team they're kind of battling with this year, potentially. You get a couple wins there. All of a sudden, you're right up there near the top. And I understand your tougher part of your, part of your schedule is still coming up. But at least you have some hope and you got something to work towards. So it'll be a big series for Northland coming up so anyways yeah just wanted to give them a shout out right away any information on either of those teams by the way we got some great information about north central a year ago and if you want to send us more on either of those feel free you can hit us up uao the umac at gmail.com you can also find us on twitter unlike any other the umac and uh, slide into the dms there and we'd be more than happy to chat with you answer any questions if it's something else about the podcast or if you just want to give information we're more than happy to take that as please, well. Yes, please, I, we will take it. I, I don't go as far as to say we absolutely need it, Wyatt, but it's close to that. We're I mean, close. Come on. We I, would love to hear from you, and this is going to be so much better if we do hear from you because there's only so much box score hunting, Twitter hunting that we can do. We know they're listening, Wyatt. Okay, Lumberjack yeah. Nation, Ram Nation, Knights Nation, we, any team in the UMAC really. We need to hear from you, all right? Step up. We know you're listening. Wyatt said it. The inbox is open at any time, so slide on in. I just had to say that, Wyatt. Like, this is going to be better to listen to if people step up. So, thank you. Well, and basketball-wise, we're usually pretty good. And baseball-wise, we were last year because I still knew quite a few of the guys. I still do, and I played against a decent amount of guys that are still around. But Yeah, come on, Wyatt. Open I'm, up the Rolodex. This I'm is getting, on you. Come on. getting farther removed, Ryan. So we, we are going to need more help as we go along here. But with that being said, why don't we move over from one Wisconsin team to the other, and that was the Jackets. And what a performance from Wisconsin Superior against Northwestern here this week, and they only got two of the three games in. And I actually thought Northwestern was going to win this series. Boy, was I proven wrong. A superior controlling both of these games. A 6-1 to one win where we saw each team's ace go against each other, and then Superior comes back in game two of the doubleheader on Sunday, and they take it to him again, 13-4. to four. Where do you want to start with these matchups, Ryan? Anything that stood out? Were you surprised by anything? I mean, you have Superior as the number one team in this conference. Are you feeling even better about that after seeing these uh, games? 
Yeah, nothing has deterred me to this point, if we want to put it that way. And obviously, games are uneven at this point when we're recording. But, you know, they're first in the UMAC where it sits for what it's worth at 4-0. and And we're going to get more even numbers here up and down the standings lineup eventually, hopefully, as we get some more games played. But, yeah, I, I want to start with what you mentioned, the ace matchup. We said it had to be the best game and the best pitching matchup because of those two going at it. And you could argue maybe they are going to be 1-2, 2-1 in some order of the best pitchers in this league when we look at the end of the season. They're definitely in play for that, being Bryce Crabb for Northwestern and Ryan Rodriguez, the old man for UW-Superior. Do you have any other nicknames for him? I mean, Stetson Bennett. Stetson Bennett. Not, not for the okay. aspect that he was a walk-on or ever disrespected because that's not true. <laughs> But, I mean, he's been around for, like, six years, and he's on that quest for a championship, and I don't know. I feel like he's he's in a pretty good spot to get one. I was really impressed with what I saw from Superior, and I like that team a lot now. I uh, I feel like I owe them an apology, Ryan. I, I should have been a lot higher on this team because they've got a lot of good bats in that order, and the pitching... I mean, Tappy's a guy I completely forgot about, Ryan, if I'm just being yeah. honest with you. He's a really good option right behind Rodriguez. So this yep. team has all the pieces to go do something. So, yeah, no, I, as far as nicknames go, I, I think he's the Stetson Bennett of Wisconsin okay. Superior. He's leading that team to a championship. I don't know. Decent analogy, I mean, he's, huh? he's got a He's got a chip on his shoulder from his earlier years. He's now finally getting a chance. He's a gunslinger where <laughs> well, maybe see, he's going to make some mistakes here and there, but he wows you with his athleticism, and when the big time <laughs> comes, he makes the clutch play. And being in baseball on the bump, that means late in the game, when he gets ahead 0-2, 1-2, he's got those put-away pitches, Wyatt, because it wasn't just a deep performance, 10 punch-outs to only one walk in eight yeah. innings of work. I mean, that's yeah. that's impressive. No, he was. He was mowing them down left and right, and we've seen him do that over the years as well. Again, every analogy only works so far. It's not a 100% perfect fit, but I but think you there's— you know I like to take it deep, yeah. There's similarities there. That's all I'm saying. I, I think there's similarities. But, yeah, no, what what a performance from him. I, to me, he's—it's his to lose as far as pitcher yeah. of the year goes. That's, that's the way I look at it. I, I mean, would you agree with that? Yeah, one big left-hander left the spotlight in the UMAC, and he's really the guy. I mean, I'm trying to think of many other left-handers other than Aiden Volkspeck for Crown. I mean, they're the two that come to the top of my mind when I'm just thinking about, you know, big-time left-handers in this league. I mean, there's not a lot of left-handers period-wide. I mean, it's kind of an epidemic, all right? I mean, I know yeah, they're, yeah, they're there in some spots, but we need more left-handers in the UMAC, all right? I don't, left- I don't know how we make that happen. but I, I feel like we've talked about this before, whether it's <laughs> basketball or baseball, left-handed shot, a left-handed pitcher, a left-handed hitter. It just hitter. looks good. It yeah. either looks like <laughs> the greatest thing in the world or it's like the most Ugly. disgusting <laughs> thing that you've ever seen. So there's two sides. Yep. There's no in-between. It's either X excellent or it's terrible and yeah you're right that's that's one of the best things in sports is when you get a good lefty regardless of what sport or position it is it's just fun to watch for some reason so I'm with you let's see more lefties out there yeah and Wyatt I kind of want to bring up what you and I were talking about at a different time off the mic when we were chatting about this result and for Northwestern I mean reminder they're the two-time reigning regular season champions in the UMAC They lost some pieces, but still a lot of talent back. And the name we look at the top, we talked about it last week, we'll say it again, is Bryce Crabb. I mean, in a lot of ways, you could say the Eagles go as he goes. And he needs a lot of help, and it's not just him. Don't get me wrong. But it feels like the margin for air is so much thinner for Northwestern with some of the big bats that they lost in their lineup. Not having the power surge that they've had in years past where it can be kind of a little bit of an off day, but you have a Keegan Verco or a Sam Peterson who takes the ball deep and all of a sudden it's like, all right, there's a couple of runs up on the board. And then even from a defensive standpoint with some guys who are really experienced, whether it be in the outfield or the infield who are not around anymore, Bryce is different. He still can be considered an ace, absolutely, versus Ryan Rodriguez. But Wyatt, take us inside baseball a little bit on how much harder it is for a guy who's really, really good and he reminds me, honestly, Bryce Crabb of a lot of, you know, Twins pitchers, you know, minus, you know, a Johan in his prime or, you know, a Francisco Lariano for the year or two before he got absolutely shelled as a twin. <laughs> oh, hold on. Where oh. are you going with this? You want me to compare oh, him guys, to a pitcher? <laughs> no, what I'm alluding to is the Twins have had so many guys over the years where we call them an ace and they're a really good pitcher, but it's predicated on 
keeping the ball down in the zone and inducing weak contact and having a lot of ground balls and trusting the defense behind you to make the routine plays and sometimes the little above-average plays to make you look good. That's kind of the situation that Bryce is in. He's not going to blow you away with heavy strikeout numbers like a Ryan Rodriguez can do. And Wyatt, it rears its ugly head when you look at his line. It's not great, but it's definitely above average by a large margin to go eight innings, allow eight hits. Yeah, he punches out five compared to to Ryan Rodriguez's ten, but he only walked two guys. But the glaring thing we see is he let up six runs, but only one of them is earned. So when you have early mistakes behind you, what did I say? What? What do you mean? What did you say? <laughs> sorry, sorry. Did I say the wrong number? He let up six runs, correct? He just let one up, of them were yeah, earned. six and one was there. No, I was just going to say, yeah, you can't make four errors in a game. Yes, yes. So take it, take it from there, wide. I mean, what what is different specifically that jumps off the page to you with this Northwestern squad that we haven't seen in the past that's going to make it tougher for them when they play a superior, when they play a crown, when they play a Bethany, whether that be the rest of this regular season or going into the conference tournament. I, like you said, it's guys in the middle of the order that they don't have. I mean, remember in that game last year against Superior where they lost in the conference tournament, it was going to be a seven-inning game. You were there and attended Sam Peterson, hits a home run. Even when they were getting beat bad in games last year, they still had guys that could do something like that. I don't know if they have that this year necessarily. Their slugging percentage is a mere 351 right now, Ryan. And for people who know baseball and know numbers, that ain't going to cut it. That is not going to get it done. So they have got to find a way to produce some extra base hits, do something to come to life. And I just I don't know if they have it or not. They haven't hit a home run yet this year. I mean, we're 14 games in, yeah. and you have the program, you know, home run leader in Keegan Verko no longer on the team, but he would have had like four or five by this point last year. So he, they he's lost. He's coaching, right? Isn't and he's he coaching. There? He's there. I mean, yeah. He, he, Why he, can't he show them, Keegan? It's not just that tell simple. Him to do it. It's not that simple, Ryan. <laughs> I wish it was, but it's it's tough to replace that kind of production and volume. And I think they're gonna have a little bit of a tougher time navigating that. They certainly can. There's guys in the middle of this order that can hit, but if they're gonna win games or make a run in the conference tournament later in the year, assuming they get there. It's going to be more base-to-base, finding yeah. different ways to score, and then being locked down defensively, which obviously they weren't on Sunday. They just will not be able to afford to make mistakes in the field. They're going to have to be extremely clean on that side of the ball if they want to have success. That's kind of my conclusion from this. And I'll just drop it once more, Wyatt. They have to be like the Minnesota Twins of the late 2000s. They need to be the piranhas. They need to move guys around. They need to steal some bases here and there. Great defense and be pesky on the opposition. I mean, you know, they're not playing in a dome, but shy of that, they have to play like those teams in the late 2000s of the Minnesota Twins. I know a lot of people listening are like, who cares? Quit talking about this. But why didn't I know what we're talking about with this? And we love the comparisons and the analogies. You know, he says Stetson Bennett. I, for some reason, have my mind on the Twins in the Metrodome when we somehow could win division titles but never do anything in the playoffs. And I'll quit talking about the Twins. But, yeah, it's it's got to be different in the way they manufacture wins, especially against really high-level opponents. And Northwestern's going to see more of them left and right over the next couple of weeks, and we'll get to that here a little later on tonight. Yeah, absolutely. So anyways, those were kind of the big takeaways from that series. And I, again, I think Superior just, the, their bats really impressed me too. I mean, they had 18 hits in yeah. game two of this series. That is just remarkable. And guys all throughout the order that are doing it. It's not like it's just the top of the order that's being productive. So they're a very dangerous team. Put them in the right spot. And with the pitching that they have, they could beat any one of the teams in this conference on any given night. I think they are definitely the most impressive team from over the weekend and really made a statement. So I was very, very impressed with them. Anything else from this series specifically before we move on? No, yeah, tip of the cap to the Jackets. They were swarming Northwestern left and right, and they were uh, stinning them as much as they possibly could, and Northwestern couldn't get away. Yeah, it's up and down the lineup, like you said. Lots of experience, and then even the underclassmen on that team are performing at a high level. So, yeah, it's not getting any easier for Northwestern. We'll talk about them in a bit, but for Superior, man, they've put themselves in a good spot, but they also have a compelling series this weekend. But before we get to that, Wyatt, we got to recap one more series that took place this past weekend. Only two out of the three were played, much like what happened between Superior and Northwestern. Bethany and Morris, 
And man, oh man, why one of these was a home dinner that went 12 innings out in Mankato. And how about Morris on the road? Did they make a bit of a statement, Wyatt? I know, you know, you split two games. Maybe we were looking too much into that. But we don't know exactly when this third game is going to be played. It was supposed to be played here earlier on in the week, and that's not going to happen. I don't know if they have a rescheduled date yet. But we talked about Morris last week. Knocking on the door, a lot of people thinking they could be in that five spot again. But you look at a team Northwest in Northwestern who we just talked about struggling early, have a really tough start to the season schedule-wise. Could Morris be a team, Wyatt, where we look up in a chunk of weeks and say, yeah, actually that makes sense. They're going to slide into that number four spot and they're going to earn their way into Mankato in the second weekend of May. Yeah, it's definitely possible. I, I think they made a statement. Again, this was a bad weekend of predictions for myself. I said Bethany was going to make a statement. It was the other way around. So I had a tough week with predictions, but uh, maybe Bauman won't get on top of that and we don't have to worry about that for this uh, spring. But anyways... Yeah, they made a statement, a huge, huge split for them to walk away with something going into Mankato and and getting a win. And just the fashion that they did it too, which we'll get into. I mean, coming back like they did to win that game was remarkable. But in game one, uh, give Bethany credit. They did exactly what they needed to do right from the get-go, and they took an early lead. They rode that out. And, And by the way, to be clear here, Morris was the home team for these games just just so we're clear correct that's that's the way i'm reading it was just played played in mankato Mankato, thank you yes which even then is is still very important that they were able to get these because these count as home games for them even though they're on the road so knowing you have to go on the road even more later down the line here it's important that they get at least something as this counts as a home game for them so yeah i mean bethany took care of business in game you know one i I don't really have guy what do you think of your guy's performance? He, he was well. You could tell. It, it's one of those things. It's like Rocco says, we need our pitchers to go more than, you know, five innings, <laughs> he says. And then he's the one taking them out after five innings. So I don't know what, you know, I don't know if it's partly on the pitching staff. It's partly on Rocco. I would say you're going to want more than four and two thirds. He kind of ran out of gas is what it looks like. You know, gave up the three runs there in the fifth. They pulled him. Credit to the bullpen, though, coming in and relieving yes. Curtis and shutting the door and not even really allowing Morris to have any hope in this game. But yeah, I was I would take that every single time from Curtis. Knowing the lineup that Bethany has, if you're coming out there and only letting three runs any of their starting pitchers, you're going to give yourself a chance to win. There's no Owen Borma this year where you go into the game thinking, "Okay, we got to try and get one run somehow. Maybe if we're lucky, somehow get a second one and the pitching is just going to have to be phenomenal if we want any chance to win." Every single pitcher in this conference is hittable this year. So if you go out there as a starting pitcher like Curtis did and only let three runs, I think that's all you can ask for. Three or less is a very good start. So I'm impressed with that. They did what they needed to do offensively. That one was the Vikings, okay? Anything you want to add on that one before we get to the game that really was the the game of the week? Yeah, we, we can get to that one in a moment, absolutely. But I'm glad you mentioned the bullpen, Wyatt. I mean, do you know anything in the past about Connor Side or Ty Volmer? I mean, I'm sorry to put you on the spot, but no. I, I want to give a shout-out to those guys. And I, I was going to say, they deserve it. Like I said, they pitched a four and a third of an inning. In... Look at the punchies. 14 yeah. punchies for the staff. I mean, Brody gets six of them before he's pulled, can't work through five. But to not only have your guys out of the pen come in and be able to get outs... But to be able to do it with swing and miss stuff, I think, Wyatt, when we look in the future, when you're going to have games late in April, early in May, that are going to have more on the line, and then you get into the conference tournament, in big spots, it just alleviates so much stress if you don't have to rely on your defense to be making plays left and right. Now, there's a lot of experience behind the arms of Bethany this season, but you don't have a guy like Ross Beamer in center. Man, am I going to miss him, Wyatt? Man, was he a highlight reel out there defensively or what? Two years ago, conference tournament, the play he made in that uh, Scholastica game, you know the one I'm talking about? Well, Ranging see, over, I was diving, I was a ton of I was busy trying to uh, get prepared. You're reading you're the scouting about, reports. You're talking about yeah, my yeah my senior year, correct? You were I mean, why at film? Well, I mean, yeah. Why would I be watching that? I was busy getting <laughs> ready for our game. That's uh, fair. And, and you were in the so, zone. but I do remember the play you're talking about after the fact. But I I didn't watch okay. it live or anything. Yeah, no, they'll miss him and they'll miss certain guys, but. 
it's it's impressive what they were able to do from the pitching side of things. Like you said, I know you're enamored with the strikeouts, which is great. I mean, they're I great. Am. I, I, am. Yep. I care about the hits <laughs> and the earned runs, though. They only gave up four hits yep. in four and a third inning out of the pen. That's that's not easy to yep. do from your bullpen. So if they can get that kind of production, that's what it takes to win. So very impressive. That's often the separator. I mean, I can't get enough of bullpen conversation when it comes to, you know, Major League Baseball when we watch the College World Series, even all the way down to Division Three, because those are the best moments, Wyatt. When you got a tight game late in a ball game, and especially when a guy has to come out from the pen with a fire extinguisher attached to the side of his hip and just try to somehow, some way, be thrown into a terrible situation and tell his manager, I got you. Don't worry about it. I'm built for this because that is the toughest spot in the game of baseball, in my opinion. No, it's not coming up with the bases loaded, trying to get a hit. It's your manager handing you the ball saying, all right, there's a big mess that you didn't make, but you got to clean it up. Sorry, not sorry. Can you make something happen? And I know it's a small sample size early in the season, but that's something I'm going to keep an eye on, especially when it comes to these teams who we think could be near the top impressive stuff from Bethany. Do you have anything more on this game, or can we move to the absolute Barn burner hum dinner in game two of this series. Yeah, no, let's move to that one because how Morris was able to win this game is just absolutely incredible. I mean, I can't imagine what they were thinking heading into the ninth inning, being down 10 to 5, thinking, okay, we just dropped two games. And not only did they come back and tie this thing up in the ninth, Ryan, they almost had a chance to win it right there and then. It wasn't like they did this with two outs. Everybody was getting on base to start the ninth inning, and they gave themselves a chance to win this game. It was 10 to 9 before Bethany had to go to the bullpen with nobody out and a guy on second after Schmitz had doubled home the bases with a base-clearing double. So, I mean, Morris was this close to winning this thing before going to extra innings. What does that say about a team, in your opinion? When you're able to score five runs in the ninth inning like that, is that encouraging as a Morris supporter? Are you a little concerned that it took that long to get the bats going? How do you view that, I guess? All they care is that it eventually got in the left column. And like you said, I'm sure there was Morris fans watching that game, their manager, assistant coaches, and saying, man, why couldn't we finish this thing off and just complete the comeback and not go to extra innings? The fact that they had to play three more innings, Wyatt, and then still were able to get it done in the 12th inning in a game where you feel like at that point, we got Bethany on the ropes. They're deep into their pen. They've thrown so many guys, as have we, by the way, to be able to get this done, we have to finish the deal with this thing. So I kind of feel bad about all the things I just said about Bethany crediting their bullpen, but at the same time, I don't. It was different guys in game number two. Tough for Connor Merton. I mean, he's a name I know who's back, who is a high-leverage guy a lot last season and came up with the goods. Tough outing for him, and it's a game where you just say, Wyatt, and we're going to see it so many times this season in the UMAC, whether it be the second game of the series or especially the third, you know, if we ever get to that point, at some point, I think we will, Wyatt, where we will have a third game of a series on the second day of the series, and you're at the back end of your bullpen, and everyone's looking around just saying, do we have enough to get it across the finish line? I mean, you find out a ton about these teams in a year, like you said, Wyatt, everyone's hittable. Okay, what does that mean? You're not going to have guys going super deep into contests. We're going to see this year, maybe more than the past two, three, four years in this league, when you get to game three of a series on a weekend or game two in this circumstance, you're going to have to go deeper into your pen than you have ever gone before. So heads up to all UMAC fans and maybe even players listening to this, the bullpens are what you should be watching this year. We're going to see more arms than we ever have, White, in the history of the UMAC. More arms are going to pitch for each team than we have ever seen previously in this iteration of UMAC baseball. It's going to break the record this year. I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I think it's going to happen, especially, Wyatt, because we're going to have so many games crammed in in this month of April and then going into May. You know how typically you can tell your guy, hey, buddy, You're going to pitch on Friday, and then we'll rest you up, and we'll get the series going for next week, and you'll have, you know, four or five days off in between. That ain't happening this year, Wyatt, because lots of times, and we saw it, you know, in the past with Northwestern when you guys are heading down the stretch, and, yeah, you want to win games down the stretch, but when you have those middle-of-the-week games against a Mayak team or a Wyak team, whoever it may be, and a non-conference opponent, sure, you want to win, but you're not pitching your big guns. Now this year it's going to be, you're going to have your weekend series in the UMAC, but then you're going to have a makeup game or two in the middle of the week before you get to the next series. So you're not going to have the luxury of saying, okay, guess what? We're going to give some guys 
who are further down our depth chart, if you will, an opportunity in a spot where, yes, we want to win the game, but we have in the back of our, back of our minds, excuse me, we're saving our one, two, and three arms for the big conference games. You're, you're not going to have that luxury this year. Managers, pitching coaches are going to be tested more than they ever have before in the UMAC in this month, wide, And I think it's going to add up when we look two, three, four weeks down the road, staffs are going to be taxed big time. And it's just going to be who can win this war of attrition. I think coaches wide are looking up and down their lineups and their rosters at this point and saying, all right, I know we recruited you to play second base or left field (laughs) or catch, but do you have any pitching experience in the past in high school and whatnot? Because on the side, we're going to need you to work on that. We're going to need you to stay later at practice, and we're going to need you to be available because we're going to see more of this more often. We're going to have to get used to it. I'm telling myself this as well. Let's not be shocked, Wyatt, by seeing four, six guys in these box scores after the fact when we're looking at a second or third game of the series and say, wow, why are they throwing so many arms? You're going to have no choice. I mean, unless we have superhumans in this league, I think it's such a great point that you made a little bit earlier, Wyatt. Everyone is hittable when we look at pitchers this season. Now, are there guys in that top tier who are separating themselves a little bit? Yes, I would agree. But... It is not as strong on the pitching side, and the schedule is going to do no favors this season with what we're going to have coming down the stretch. I'll end my rant right there, but just something to keep an eye on that I'm trying to keep an eye on this year. I guess I don't even know where to go from from there. I mean, you're you're correct. I think we're going to see way more arms. Now, I don't think they're going to the second basements of the world necessarily and saying, hey, we need you pitch. I think they've recruited enough of those guys already to be prepared for this. Wyatt, what do you mean? You were a second baseman and you pitched well, some as well. You're the I, perfect example. I wasn't brought in specifically <laughs> for that, though. You know, I mean, I was told there might be a chance to, to pitch, and I did some pitching in high school myself, Ryan. So, I mean, yes. I, yeah. I I'm just saying, I think they know who they already have at this point and and what they're going to do. But I agree with you. I think that we will see it pretty regularly with three, four different guys in in any given game in the box score. Like you said, unless we have the aces of the conference pitching, that might be the one exception. So, yeah, it's it's a very unique time. That's for sure. One thing that really sticks out to me, I I do want to get to about this game. What was it that did Bethany in, though? Errors. They made an error yeah. in the ninth inning, a part of that big run, and then in extra innings when they lost the game is another error. You just, it, it kills you. I mean, it, it's, you know, it's the obvious answer to the problem, but I mean, that's just the reality of the situation. They made made errors when it hurt them the most. I mean, each team made four errors in this game, but two costly ones there along with Morris's comeback, and to me, that was the difference in the game. So if they play a little bit cleaner, they still very easily could have been 2-0, and on the weekend, so I'm sure they're probably kicking themselves for that. But, yeah, I don't know. I, it says a lot about Morris, and as far as Bethany goes, I, I still think this team is going to be more than fine. Uh, it's a game they would have liked to have as far as winning the regular season title goes, but as far as their long-term goals go, Ryan, I don't think they'll look back on this one and necessarily you know, say that this was a defining game by any means. Yeah, and obviously, again, the advantage for them is regardless, as long as they get in the top four, they'll be playing on their home field in the conference tournament, and I think that is definitely worth remembering as we wear along throughout this season. I don't have anything else on that series. I mean, there's a ton more that we could pluck from it, but I'd say circle that one April the 3rd. If you're a Morris fan and they are able to get in, you go back and you say, hey, that win is maybe the one that did it, not only to get us that one extra win, but propelling us forward to say, hey, we believe we got enough experience on this club and we're never out of a ball game. Even if we're down a few in the late innings, we can always find a way to come back. That's a good way to put it. The win was way more impactful and meaningful for Morris than the loss was for Bethany. Yes, I would agree. Yep. Absolutely. Okay. Is there anything you want? I mean, Crown and Martin Luther didn't play. I don't know. If Sorry, guys. Yep. Anything to really no, say about that? Say. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I, work harder to find a field. I guess. I mean, yeah, why, why wasn't I, U.S. Bank Stadium available to go play there for some more games? I mean, you know, do better. Find a field. No, I'm just kidding. I don't know what it means for them moving <laughs> forward at this point. When they'll, I, I have they said when they're going to play those games? I, I haven't been paying attention. I, I guess, don't but... think it's on uh, the Crown website for their schedule yet. Yeah, it's not at the moment. I'm looking, but I know they're working on it. They're working working hard so 
They'll find a time. The game's well, got to get in. Like the game said. has to. Well, you're right. The game has to get played. But <laughs> even Martin Luther's next game, like I said, against Northland, that's postponed as well. So, I mean, they're struggling to just get games in against anybody right now. So, I'm not sure yeah. if their rescheduled game against Crown is necessarily the top priority at this point. They just want to play somebody. So, that's, that's kind of what they're up against. But anyways, yeah, not a whole lot to add about that. I mean... Both these teams are scheduled to play this upcoming weekend, so do you want to just dive into the matchups up ahead now for this upcoming week? Let's do it. Okay, where do you want to start? Back back to you. I'm well, going to put it on you. I, I was going to defer to you, but uh, let's let's go back over the border that does not exist for this weekend now that I'm saying that. All the games are taking place well, in Minnesota, actually. And that, that could change. It, so. That very well could, could change. change. We, we don't but, know. What we're looking at right now, and this is all subject to change, and this could be changing by the time people are listening to it, but what we're looking at now, the four chunks, as I like to call them, that we have, and we're going to pick this again like we did last week, the whole three-game series. Are all of the three games going to happen by the time we talk next week? Who knows? But the four chunks we have, Morris at North Central, Superior at Bethany, Northland at Martin Luther, again, at least partially postponed at the moment, and Crown at... Northwestern. I think we saved that one for last, White, because there's sure. a lot we could get into with that one. Let's start with the Cougars, who we were just talking about with a big split against Bethany. They still got to play that third game at some point to be determined. But Adenor Central Club, who you mentioned, it may be Martin Luther's their best chance for the rest of this season. And now Morris has the advantage versus some other teams we talked about, Wyatt, where it's a really tough start to the schedule and you get no easing into it. When we look at a team like Northwestern, who we'll talk about in a moment, Morris getting to maybe ease into it a little bit where they can stack some wins and take advantage and really instill some belief in themselves and say, hey, we are definitely in play for that four, maybe even the three spot in the conference as we head down the stretch. They got to be a a decent favorite. I mean, not saying that North Central can't come away with a win, but even though Morris is on the road in this three-game set, and again, this is assuming they're able to get them in, Wyatt, we'd favor Morris, correct, in this three-game slate? Yeah, look, I don't. I, I hate to look at it that way. You know the way you kind of phrased it, where it's like this is Morris a series to lose, and they need to take advantage of this opportunity. They're easing into it, if you will. I don't like to say that, but the reality is they're in a great spot. And, and North Central, prove us wrong. I mean, that's what we always say. We say that during the basketball season as well with certain teams. It's like prove us wrong. They use it as bulletin board material. But you just mentioned Morris fans can circle back to April third if they make the conference tournament. If they were to lose one of these games and they don't make the conference tournament, you'd be circling back to this weekend as well. So don't let that happen. Take care of business. I think Morris is going to get it done, so I'll take them in every game here. I, I just think you got to have all of them and build off that momentum that you've started to build. And this happened at least on one, if not two occasions that I'm remembering last year, maybe it was even three or four times, but where North Central will knock on the door of the friends down the street in Northwestern and say, hey, can you do us a solid? Can we play at Reynolds Field? And for the moment, all three of these games of this series are scheduled to be played at Reynolds Field. One on Friday morning, one on Saturday morning, and one on Tuesday night. I mean, we're, we're getting funky and wild, Wyatt. I mean, enjoy the ride with hey. the scheduling this year. Uh, playing games whenever you can. If you want a loaded weekend, I guess you should park the lawn chair over at Reynolds Field, Wyatt. Friday morning, you can watch Morris and North Central. And then later on Friday, you can watch Northwestern and Crown in a huge game one of their series. And then you can come back Saturday morning at 9 a.m. 9 a.m. I kind of feel bad for North Central and Morris, if I'm going to be honest. That is a early start Saturday. You can watch that one, and then they'll re-rack it, get everything cleared out, wave on in Crown and Northwestern for their double dip. I mean, tons of baseball, fingers crossed, Lord willing, is going to take place at Reynolds Field this weekend, and then even into early next week with Northwestern playing a game Monday, potentially against Superior, and then North Central Morris Tuesday. Uh, all these dates don't really matter. This three-game series is why I have Morris in a sweep over North Central when they are played. Do you agree? Yeah. No, I already made that. I, yeah. I stated that already. Don't worry. Okay. I, I got Morris. Uh, I don't think... Uh, I don't think you're going too far out on a limb to say that, I guess, is uh, what I would say. I, I agree with you. I think they get it done. All right. You can pick the next one, or I can throw one out. Well, I, it, it's a 50-50 because you said we're saving Crown and Northwestern for last. So I just got to. Yep. <sighs> Let's do Martin Luther in Northland if you're not going to say one. And I don't know sure. when these are going to happen. Hopefully yeah. they can start the series on Saturday, like you said, the first one 
on Friday has already been postponed. But this is compelling, Wyatt. I mean, assuming they are able to play this weekend, Martin Luther's chomping at the bit. And you can say maybe there's a little rust early, but you could also say they're well-rested and they're in a position to put their best pitching forward at least to start this series and at least get that first game potentially and then see what happens from there. Maybe I'm looking into it too much, though, because Northland's saying, hey, we still got a decent amount of rest and we're coming off of a sweep against North Central that we were able to come up with this past weekend winning those games on Thursday and Sunday, I believe, if what I'm looking at is correct. And so they have Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Anything's lined up for both these teams. Both well-rested, so kind of scratch what I said. Martin Luther is super anxious to play especially. How do you see this one going? I mean, big opportunity, I would say, for Northland to stack some more wins early on in the season. I believe I had them picked last in the conference. They can make me look bad by stacking a few more this weekend. Yeah, well, if you remember what my standings predictions were, I had Martin Luther in front of Northland, and even though my predictions went horrible this past weekend, I got to stick with that. I think Martin Luther takes two out of three. I think they can make a statement. Again, I have no idea when these games are going to get played. If they end up only getting two in, maybe, and they don't end up coming back and playing on Monday, let's say, maybe it'll be a split one-to-one, but for the sake of, like you said, we're going to pick all three, then what happens happens as far as when they play them. I'll say Martin Luther gets two out of these three, and uh, we'll keep an eye out and see where and when they get these games in. But I'm not going to devi- deviate from my uh, standings predictions just yet after one bad week of predictions. I'm staying true. I've liked the spurts I've seen in stretches this season for Northland. And I, like you, had Martin Luther in the number six spot, and I had Northland pegged a little bit lower. But I'm already adjusting, and maybe it's a little too early to be doing that. Why? When we look at the North Central games, and then even going back, they lost to the Jackets twice, but they're able to put up seven runs in that series. I'm taking Northland to win two out of three. Just to be different, try to get a little edge on you early on this season in the predictions. I'm going to take the Lumberjacks on the road, We don't know when these three games will be completed, but whenever they are, I'm going to say they're going to take two out of the three this season against Martin Luther. I will say the one thing that would concern me about this, if I am the Knights coming into this matchup, is that Northland is playing so well. Like you said, with the spurts, they've won five straight. And coming off a sweep in conference, they're playing with confidence, have a lot of momentum. That could be one concern for Martin Luther coming into this series. But I'll, uh, I'll ride with my Knights here in this one. And uh, say they get to ah, I see what you did there. Riding hey, with the Knights. It comes full. I think there's going to be chopping wood. I think you think they're riding. So <laughs> comes full circle. There you go. So, so that leaves us with uh, the Superior Bethany series because we're going to save Northwestern Crown for last. So, uh, is this series more important for Bethany or more important for Superior? I mean, obviously it's monumental for both teams, but knowing what we know now at this point in the season, Ryan. Who do you think has more to gain or more to lose coming into this matchup? I know the Jackets are trying to stay undefeated, but I think there's more pressure on Bethany in this series. To take at least one, to take both, do they have to win this series in your eyes, or what do you what do you think? Yeah, I mean, at the very least one, and I would say they would like to get at least two, actually, because they are playing at home. And if you do have aspirations to be the one or the two seed, and it's so early, and I don't want to put too much weight into it but you know you did lose one against Morris that you thought you should have had where you were up with a comfortable lead going into the bottom of the ninth you couldn't close it out like we talked about a little earlier and Superior's feeling really good and especially if they throw Rodriguez game one you'd have to imagine Wyatt that Bethany is going to counter with Brody Curtis and maybe it's different and I'm totally wrong when we look back at this but that's a tough matchup I said the same thing with Northwestern even when they had Bryce Crabb I until proven otherwise in almost every spot Wyatt I'm going to pick Rodriguez in game one for Superior. And now yeah. maybe the the only spot that that can really change and we can look at that is when we see later on in the year, how's a guy like Aiden Volksbeck performing when we have the Southpaw on Southpaw and you have Ryrod against that crown offense. I mean, that's super compelling when that happens, but that's down the road. So I'm saying Superior is going to get that one and then it comes down to, okay, can Bethany flip the script and get the next two ball games? That's a tough task against a team who would then be 5-0 yeah. and in UMAC play and you would already be down two in the loss column at three and two. So Bethany could have some pretty serious pressure, I would say, on themselves at home, though, when they get to that point if they drop game one on Friday. So are you saying that Superior is going to take two out of three in this series then? 
you read my mind. I don't think they're going to get the sweep. I sure. think they're going to have their first blemish. But I like the way their pitching sets up, and especially if they can get game one again, they're going to take one out of the last two. I'll give Bethany one of them. But, yes, the Jackets win this series. I know I just said I'm not going to deviate from my early predictions. This is one area I'm making a slight correction in. I think Superior does win this series. Like you said, it's really hard to pick against Ryan Rodriguez at this point, just knowing how much experience that guy has in this conference, how well he's pitched every single time he steps on the mound, not just this year, but going back to his first days at at campus with the Yellow Jackets. So this is a guy that has seen it all, has really good stuff, and like you said, it's just a tall task. I think he's going to be pitcher of the year. I'll take them against anybody whenever he steps on the mound. And with that being said, I'll echo what you said. It's really hard to try and get two straight games then against Superior. Again, you could argue they have more depth than anybody when it comes to pitching. You know what I mean? So it's not just Rodriguez, and then you... Combine that with the bats, and it's going to be tough for Bethany. It's going to be tough for anybody. I think Superior, I lean more to what you had said with them when we did our predictions last week and gave our one through eight in the standings. I think they might be the best team, and they certainly have the best pitcher in my eyes, and they've been hitting the ball well lately. I'll take them to win two out of three. I think it's tough to get all three, especially against a team like the Vikings. And again, there's enough pieces there. I think Bethany can get one. I don't think it'll be the game that Rodriguez pitches in, but then I think they can find a way to split one of the other two and at least come away and salvage something from this series. But I think the Jackets take a firm grip on first place in the conference standings after this weekend. And Honestly, at that point, it's going to kind of be between them and Crown, assuming uh, assuming they hold serve against some of the lower teams as we see it in the conference. You know what I mean? Yeah, not to look too far ahead, but I would agree with you as we forecast forward. And how about it for another showdown, Wyatt, between these two schools, Bethany and Superior in Mankato, with that being really a good place to be if you're a UMAC fan. Once again, when we look back to the hardwood and what happened late in the season in basketball, I mean... Another great, compelling matchup between these two squads, and uh, looking forward to seeing how that one shakes out. And in almost any weekend, Wyatt, that would be the place to be. But I'm going to ask you the hypothetical like I do throughout the winter and the basketball season. You're not trapped in a gym, thankfully. You don't have to stay locked into that confined space. But you are at a ballpark, Wyatt, for the whole weekend. And some travesty, you don't have a car. You can't go anywhere, all right? You're stuck at one spot for the whole weekend. Would you rather be in Mankato or a spot you know very well at Reynolds Field to see the defending two-time regular season champs take on a crown club who ruined the party for Northwestern, remember, last year in the conference tournament, eliminated them, ended their season effectively on that Friday night at Reynolds Field, went on the next day to take down Superior twice. I I don't have to remind you, but to remind our listeners to hoist the hardware for the first time in program history. There's a revenge factor for Northwestern. And there's already heat on them with what happened against Superior last weekend. And Crown is more than rested, more than chomping at the bit, to head back to a spot where there are those warm, fuzzy feelings as they walk onto the Reynolds Field Complex. I mean, what a three-game series that is. So back to the question, Wyatt. Would you rather be in Mankato for Bethany Superior? We talked about how big that is. Or... Returning to the site of the crime, Northwestern and Crown. You know, I I think I'd rather be at the University of Northwestern in, in St. Paul because that's probably the biggest rivalry, you could argue, in baseball right now in the UMAC, just with the way the, the seasons have gone the past couple of years. Remember, Northwestern, the team I was on two years ago, we won the regular season at Crown's Field, and then Crown comes right back last year, like you said, knocks Northwestern out on their field. So there's a lot of storylines that lead into this matchup. I'm also just, you know, really interested to see Crown's lineup and and just see that in person. I think that'd be a a great thing to see against a very good Northwestern team on their home field. So I would take that one. It's really close. I, I don't think there's a wrong answer to that question necessarily. There's certainly a lot of good reasons to be in Mankato as well, but I'd personally just rather be in you know St. Paul to watch that matchup between the Eagles and the Polars for the rivalry aspect. Again, to see Crown's lineup and see how Northwestern responds as well after getting punched in the mouth a little bit from this past weekend. All right, so I'll let you take the first punch at it, if you will, Wyatt. Northwestern and Crown, what do you think happens where, yeah, the Eagles are home and in a comfy spot, if you will, but 
I don't want to say there's no margin for error because we're still so, so early, but there is some maybe extra added pressure just with the way this thing has started. We mentioned the power numbers before and so many other things and the fact that, yeah, you got another game against Superior still and you got Bethany coming up the following weekend. So it's not going to get any easier. All that being said, crown with a ton of rest going to Northwestern. How do you see this thing shaking out? Yeah, I I would say there's a lot more pressure on Northwestern, maybe a little bit more of a sense of urgency to perform well. Crown, I mean, when you look at the standings, they just they haven't had conference games really. Yeah, you know what I mean? So it, it's yep. kind of hard to say that they have pressure on themselves. I mean, it's a big series for both teams, but there's definitely a lot of eyes on Northwestern and how they're going to respond after dropping a couple games to Superior. I think Crown's going to come in and really test Northwestern again. Their lineup is just deeper than the Eagles, I would say. There's a lot of power in that lineup. They can take a game over with the long ball, which again, I'm not sure Northwestern can do yet. They haven't had a home run yet this year. And while I still think Northwestern's pitching, especially with Crab, I think Crab's the best pitcher on either of these teams. I think they have the edge there. But as you get later into the series, you could maybe make a case Crown almost takes over in, in that respect. You know what I mean? So it's it's tough. I really could see this one going out of the way. I don't think either team sweeps the other one, which again is maybe the cop-out answer to just say, oh, one of them's going to win two to one. But honestly, I think all these teams up near the top are so even and so good that it's just really hard to see teams sweeping each other this year in the regular season. So with that being said, it's just a matter of figuring out which team is going to win two of the three. And I think Crown's going to get it done. I, I think Crown beats... Northwestern two out of three games here assuming they get all three in I think that added depth maybe later into the series on the mound helps crown a little bit again a guy that I'm going to point out is Jacob Van Dam you know career saves leader now at crown Uh, not a guy that typically has to start for this team but somebody you can bring out of the bullpen and I think with their lineup and their bats as that series gets longer as well think that maybe comes to the forefront. So while Northwestern might be able to take game one, let's say, assuming Crab pitches that one, I still think Crown could very easily get the next two. I'll take the Polars to win this series two games to one. Yeah, a lot of good stuff there, Wyatt, and I agree with a lot of it. And I'm just sitting here nodding my head listening to you. It's interesting, too, because you'd have to imagine it's Aiden Volkspeck getting the ball for game one. I mean, unless something happens that we're not necessarily expecting, he's the one who pitched in their last game against Minnesota Morris in that resounding win that they had in one of their only two conference games that they've been able to play so far this season. Remember, White, he was the guy, and to a lot of people, it was his coming out party and making a statement in what he did when they saw Northwestern last time on that field when they played that game on that Friday night of the UMAC tournament weekend last May. And so if it's him versus Crab, you easily got the ace of both staffs, and I think it's by a pretty good margin for both teams. And I would say in that game especially, if Northwestern can't find a way, that's bad news bears. If you cannot win that first game of this series and you don't have Crab to use anymore, and there's still question marks, you know, if it's a guy like Sam Samansky who has good stuff, but there can be some control issues here and there, and the question marks that you have behind him defensively, and then who you would potentially have in a game three of the series, there's just so many question marks for Northwestern. If you can't get that first game, or at the very least, Wyatt, be right there down to the wire. I mean, if they get beat by three, four-plus runs in game one, and you have to use a lot of arms... I don't want to say Northwestern should just punt, but I'm thinking of a scenario, let's say, Wyatt, if they're going to the seventh and it's, you know, six to one, six to two crown, maybe you you just let one guy after Crab pitch the rest of the game and say, hey, we, we got to look at the, the lawn game in mind here and we got to save some arms and some of the guys that we like a lot going into the rest of the series. I don't want to say you're waving the white flag, but, you know, you have to start to think about the bigger picture, especially against a team like Crown with their lineup. Is that too overstated, White, in a situation like that for Northwestern to say, again, I don't want to say they're waving the white flag or punting, but in a way, on the outside, I think you have to consider that if they get put in that kind of a position. Yeah, I, I, I wouldn't necessarily disagree. There's going to be, 
you know, situations that arise in this series and just throughout the season where coaches look at things differently than they would if the series is going a different direction. You know what I mean? So you take it as a game by game basis and you certainly just go from there. I mean, you don't predetermine anything by any means. You just have to be able to react when certain situations come up. And I think both coaches, especially Northwestern as well, potentially being more susceptible to getting into that position will be ready to do something if that comes up. Yeah, I I just cannot stress enough the importance of this game specifically for Northwestern. And with everything I just said, then you can say, well, you're full of a bunch of baloney then. If they're down three going into the seventh, they got to have their best bullpen arms coming in and give themselves a chance to win this thing in the eighth or potentially in a walk-off scenario in the ninth or later and say, we have to get game one. Like, the sense of urgency has to be at an all-time high for Northwestern. I know it's game one of a three-game series, and there's a long ways to go this season, but everything looks so much different, and you just breathe a little bit if you can get game one of this series if you're Northwestern. Because if you can't, and you have to go to sleep on Friday and then wake up Saturday in a double dip against that crown lineup, it gets really, really tough. So it's the most pivotal UMAC game for Northwestern baseball in some time for a team that has been the number one seed the last two seasons in this league. I think they find a way to get game one. And they got to do all they can to get to that spot and find a way to try to get to Aiden Volkspecht and not let him get into a groove where it was in the middle to late innings, Wyatt, a season ago. I mean, Northwestern was, quite honestly, they were lost. I mean, the guy was in such a groove. It's like there was a pitch clock, even though there isn't in the UMAC, unless I'm missing something. I haven't seen yeah, a game it in might, person it might this happen, year, though. I, I, it Maybe might. they have a pitch clock. <laughs> we, maybe, I don't know if they're we doing We could that. get to there at some point. I, I don't think it's in play right now, but never say never. But I bring that up because last May it was basically like he was on a pitch clock because it was clockwork with how he was sending down Northwestern. And Nick Drinken did all he could, and he was matching him for a long stretch, and it's probably the most impressive game that he's pitched in an Eagle uniform, I would say, with what was on the line and what he was trying to do. And it's unfortunate when you look at a guy like that for Northwestern wide and you look at the long game in a series like they're going to have this weekend against Crown in that lineup. I mean, I think of a guy like him and what Northwestern would do to have an arm like that available to them as they get deeper into the series. But that's neither here nor there. I think they get game one, but I think Crown gets the next two. I agree with you. They win the series, and it's going to be tough to slow down that lineup. And Northwestern, man, you better have good defense, and you better limit those errors, and you better make some above-average plays to back up your pitching in a series like this so you're in a position late in a ball game to win by one or two runs. Because I don't see Northwestern Wyatt winning one or multiple games of this series where they're winning by the three, four-plus run variety. I think if Northwestern's picking up wins this weekend, it is in tight margins. And they're going to have to do all of the little things correctly, much like the Piranhas in the late 2000s for the Minnesota Twins, to win ball games against this crown club. So many storylines in this one. And thank goodness the sun is supposed to come out. And at least for Saturday, maybe Friday a little more on the chillier sides and cloudy skies, but at least for Saturday, Wyatt, should be pretty good baseball weather. Weather, excuse me, all things considered for Easter weekend should be uh, some fun matchups against crown. Yeah, absolutely. Looking forward to that one and the rest of the series this weekend as well. It's just one last thing on that matchup specifically. You mentioned probably tight margin of victories for Northwestern if they get them. No lead is ever really safe with Crown. That's the one thing about them and that you've kind of learned about them over the last couple of years with their lineup. They can put up runs very quickly. So I would agree with you. I think if Northwestern is to win games in this series, they're going to be closer. Crown has a little bit more to play with potentially and if it is going to be a blowout one way or another, I would almost think they're going to be the team that blows out Northwestern. We could be completely completely wrong. Like we say, Ryan, we have questions about Northwestern right now, and there's different questions. And I'll use, you know, our buddy John Rothstein, his favorite, one of his favorite sayings is, you know, as soon as you think you know the answers to said questions, somebody changes the questions. So, you know, we very well could have different questions by this time in a week from now. Maybe Northwestern comes out and sweeps crown, and we're talking about the Polars, and maybe they have issues. You just never know. So we're looking at teams in one light right now. It could be completely different by the time we crack behind or crap crack open the mic excuse me and are able to uh you know do this again so be really interesting to dive into these games once they do happen anything you want to end with here before we wrap it up no i don't have anything else on the games uh it's a busy week we hope we are able to get in some games and uh 
Yeah, a lot going into this week. Uh, I hope uh, everyone has a great Easter when we get to that point. A lot to get to before we get to there at the time we're recording right now. But I'd say it's the most significant week ever. So I uh, hope people can uh, mm. have some time for reflection and uh, enjoy that celebration. And, uh, yeah, we'll get back to it next week. I'm looking forward to it, Wyatt, and I just encourage everyone to hold things loosely because if you hold tight to this schedule and everything, man, you're going to be disappointed. So roll with the punches, as we said, throughout the COVID era. I know you don't like that word, Wyatt. I don't like it either. But the best ability is adaptability. So continue to do that as we uh, roll along here. Very good. Well, with that, uh, again, uh, gmail.com if you want to hit us up, any questions, things like that, be more than happy to answer them there. Also on Twitter, unlike any other, the UMAC. Looking forward to seeing how these games go this upcoming weekend. Have a great week. Happy Easter to everybody out there that celebrates and takes in the holiday. And, uh, well, with that being said, uh, Ryan, we'll leave it there. Looking forward to seeing how these games go. This has been another edition of the Unlike Any Other the UMAC podcast.